I'm glad that I watched the movie several days ago yeah. instead of just before now. <laughs> yeah. So that I could have some time to wonder about the question that came to me, which was, is this movie totally devoid, devoid of meaning? meaning. ago you told me that we should review Bloodsport. yes you you brought it up i had i didn't have that really on my radar mm-hmm. why did you tell me i needed to watch Bloodsport? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question it's very silly it is very it's silly totally bonkers <laughs> yes. um the story behind it is pretty great Okay, did you have the, an idea of the story behind it bef- before going into it? Uh, not the first time I watched the movie. Okay. So the you first seen time this I watched before. the movie, I'd seen this before, uh, probably five years ago. Okay. I, I remember at the time looking for something very dumb, and I found it. You found um, it. And I, I mean, like, and I knew it was like kind of a, it's a cult classic kind of at this point. Yes. And it is, it's essentially, if you're going to watch one Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, I think most people would agree to make it this one. That's so funny be because I, uh, or I don't know. I had seen one last to. year of his, uh-huh. uh, and, but it's a John Woo film called hard target. And I mm. think he is, uh, that one is infinitely more watchable than this movie. Yeah. But I, think, I understand yeah. that, that this movie is the quintessential, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie because it tells you everything you need to know about Jean-Claude Van Damme in easy 90 minutes. Yeah, I haven't seen the one you're talking about, but I feel like this movie, um, the appeal of it is it's pure pure Jean-Claude Van Damme Mm -hmm. aura or whatever you want to say. Absolutely. It's it's hard to wrap your brain around. Let's (laughs) let's kind of go over what what makes... What makes a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? Like, like what are the things that make it specifically him? I think it's kind of a th- uh, three things. One, he cannot act and his accent is so thick. Or yeah. it's so obvious. He's a terrible actor. He's wooden. He is... Mm-hmm. How, how would you describe it? I mean, it's not even that the he's wooden. Only... It's just that he doesn't even know that there are different ways to intone. If we have to fight for her, then both of us would be thrown out of the committee. I think it's more that he is completely removed from any situation that's happening except for fights. Like, yeah. the way he acts in certain moments, it, it just doesn't track with what's happening. Like, the he, he his tone doesn't match the tone of the scene or the people around him. Yes. And that's why I think, like... So, like, this movie, from what I can tell... Nobody involved went on to do that much other than him. Like sure. the direct the director was a guy who was like apparently a very successful first assistant director and then directed like a couple movies and then I guess retired. <sighs> and then like the writer, like he did some more Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Um and he also did Rambo 3, which we can get to. But it you know it's not like anybody who you would have heard of. Yeah. And um, so I just think I just think it was a bunch of kind of newer people and Jean-Claude Van Damme was also newer, but somehow high enough up in his he, like he was even though he was not even a big star or anything, he still had enough like clout for nobody to tell him to do better. Well, the, I think the <laughs> second thing I wanted to say as to what makes it a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie specifically is that uh, the guy loves to do the splits. <laughs> yes. He cannot uh, go 10 minutes without doing the splits for some yeah. reason. Well, and I think thing, that's, that's yeah. part, part of why I, what I think his, what makes it an appealing movie is that he really is one of a kind yeah. uh, for better and worse, mostly worse. But, hey, yeah. who else can do the splits like that? <laughs> See I can't even say what makes a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie because I saw this one and maybe like one other I can't remember and I was like I get it. 
like I don't need to see more of this. It's I guess like, I guess when I say that I it has I a ask, weird appeal. Yeah, yeah, maybe like like what makes it him versus like any other action star? Why him? And I think the, those those yeah. are mainly it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. his it's his weird uh almost not anti charisma. He just kind of like <laughs> sidesteps it a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like he has a very intense gaze and yeah. he he's just intense that's really always he he's super intense but he's also trying to play it cool all the time yeah it's it's baffling (laughs) and he um i think he just has a very yeah the the physicality is is that's obvious right yeah why he is a special physical actor or whatever Mm -hmm. in terms of fights and doing the splits and whatever yep but past that i think he's more confusing than anything like i think he has like his intense Europeanness, I think is uh, like disorienting to typical martial arts viewers in America, <laughs> <laughs> and and it just like uh, I think they just get confused and they're just like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, and we can talk know. about how it's a product of we'll its get, time too. We'll get into but some of this. We should kind of go over the movie itself, Bloodsport. Yes, Blood Sports, the movie. It's apparently based on a man claiming that these are all true events. Yes, um, based on the life of Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes, not Frank Ducks. Frank Dukes. Yes, it looks like Ducks, D-U-X. It follows this guy. I'm trying to remember where the movie even starts. I want to go right so to the flashbacks. That's but part of, yeah, that's, well, that's part of what I love about it is that... Um, it starts with him, like, the the army guys are trying to convince him not to go to Hong Kong. That's right. And he's, like, going to go talk to his master who's, like, dying. Mm-hmm. The guy who, like, taught him martial arts. And then it does go into an incredibly long flashback. I, the, so the best part of this, <laughs> uh, him, you know, kind of, like, ditching out from his army, you know, responsibilities, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he he walks into his his master's house and he kind of like looks off into the distance and we get yeah like a ten minute flashback maybe almost fifteen ten, minutes I think it's like fifteen because it contains an incredibly long training montage yes so there's and and every five minutes they have to cut back to him as if he's still remembering <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh they they get a kid so it starts off and he's like a teen. And they get some just random teen, but they have him do the voiceover. <laughs> yeah, and it's really like it, the the ADR is like really obvious. And it, the kid, they gave the kid a Belgian accent. Well, it, that's the thing is, I think he's doing it. Like, I think he's, yeah, I think it's him pitching his voice. Up yeah, a exactly. Bit. <laughs> yes, they were like talk like a kid. If you expect me to be punching bad, you can't forget about our deal. <laughs> and he is. Oh man, it's. It's it's basically the Karate Kid a little bit, right? Like he, yeah, the kid he he has this neighbor kid friend or whatever, or they break into this house. And he's gonna with his mean friends. They're gonna steal this ancient sword, and he gets caught. And then the guy who catches him is like, "Hey, if you protect my son, um, you can train with my son, but I'm not gonna teach you anything." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure what the deal is there for Frank. And then, and then his master's son dies, and yes, and it's uh, in this like two thousand year lineage of secret martial arts skills, secret techniques that we yes. never really get any. Well, we'll, we'll get into that too, but uh, it is vague. It's it's so vague, and but he's like, all right, fine, I'll teach you. So he teaches him. Um, yep, <laughs> that's really all there is to it. I mean, and just... and that that's the long training montage. Wow. They do all sorts of stuff. It's it's very Karate Kid, but also dumber because they have to <laughs> they have to go faster, and so you don't get and any of the fun. ideas of like, well, here's like me catching a fly with chopsticks or whatever. Yeah, that's good. And here's it's, why you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Wax on, wax off. That's so you block. Yeah, uh, it's this totally is, wordless. And this he just is gets just thrown a lot. Yeah, him getting his butt kicked for a, a while, and then getting like strung up with ropes and uh yeah. having to do the splits weird then, torture stuff yeah just really really uh, really weird 
And eventually he sort of graduates and leaves he and then comes back. He graduates and then we come back from the flashback <laughs> slash training montage. And he's going to his master and he's telling his master, I'm going to go to the Kumite, the secret martial arts tournament, the secret like underground martial arts tournament. Uh, that's no holds barred. It's every five years. And it's in Hong Kong. And I'm going to go. I'm going to represent you. I'm going to represent your style and your family because your son couldn't go. Right? And the <laughs> yeah. and the master, he's like, go for it, right? He's, he's Yeah, he pretty it. much is just, yeah, go ahead, man. Who cares? <laughs> but everyone else, the military mainly, don't want him to go because it's dangerous. Yeah, I think he's an asset to them. That's yeah. If you... You cannot try and put too much into the idea of why people want to do things in this movie because they will not tell you. It's never explained. But he does make his way over to Hong Kong and there Mm -hmm. he immediately meets another American guy played by one of the guys from Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah. I knew I recognized him. He's the guy that says, nerds! Nerds! Yeah, he's this huge dude. He's huge and he's got weird teeth and he's got an enormous beard. He's at just one a, point, he wears a big guy. He wears a Harley, wears a Harley Davidson T-shirt and Harley Davidson bandana combo. That's right. Which is a powerful look. That's how you know he's a tough dude. And he's, and they play a fun. they they meet playing a fighting video game. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it turns out that Jean Claude, I mean, sorry, Frank, Frank, Frank yes. Dukes. <laughs> it's fun. To, uh, this is one where you actually remember his name because they say it so often. They do. Frank Dukes, turns out he's also this Phenom at this <laughs> random video game. He's a natural. <laughs> turns out. Or Jackson's just really bad, I guess I don't have to say. <laughs> he brags about how good he is. Yeah. But we found out he is very cocky, so. Yes, exactly. He could have been full of it. Yeah. So Jackson, that's his buddy. That's his name, he's right? got his, yep, Jackson, he's got his buddy. And then they meet the guy who is going to show them around Hong Kong, who doesn't really come into it much. He's just he's he just, just there gives, to be kind of the in between. He just gives exposition. Him. Yeah, sometimes he, he's the guy that leans over your shoulder and says, "They're choosing yeah. this because of this." He's the undefeated guy. Yeah, who, whatever. <laughs> um, and then you also meet the uh, woman reporter, who is in the lobby of the hotel they're at, just asking everybody if they know about the Kumite, if they'll tell her anything. Um, and this was the point for me. Where I was just like, who doesn't know about the Kumite at this point? (laughs) It does seem like it's the worst kept secret in all of Hong Kong. Are there any characters in the movie who don't know about it? No, I think everybody like the the army or doesn't like at least the find low out level about army it. guy. Yeah, yeah they end like up going knows. to the final round. So it's like by the yeah. end, by the end of it, it and is like no they're going secret. because they know about it. So it's like they just didn't know where it was. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, ridiculous. Side note, <laughs> kumite is a great thing to call something. It sounds it is, cool. And I found out in my research, which we'll get to later, uh, it's basically just the karate term for fighting. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, the three parts of karate are That's like exactly... training, like meditating or something, and fighting, which is called kumite. <laughs> That's exactly what this movie... Th- that's the depth this movie has. Yeah. Yep. We, we call that this actually, one fighting. Yeah. That's a perfect like metaphor for the whole movie. It's just like, hmm, what should we call the big fight they have? I don't know. How about fight? <laughs> it's incredible. It's so good. So, so anyway, the, the reporter yeah. lady, she gets harassed. Frank kind of saves her in Frank a Frank saves way. her by doing like a, if I can grab this coin out of your hand, yeah. uh, then I get to go home with her. But if not, you do. Like, yeah, <laughs> an absolutely insane <laughs> way to save a woman. Yeah, but absolutely. He, but he does it, and we he, can be, we can we can uh, assume that if it didn't go his way, he would have just beat that guy up. Well, then he wouldn't be but able to like, fight Nakuma. Yeah, well, and I mean, Frank is so honorable that he would have probably given up his uh, win to save this lady. We sh- could assume, but we don't even know that he would win. So. <laughs> really just dumb all around <laughs> it's so dumb uh oh the other um in this part of the movie the other thing which comes up is the specific location of the kumite which is the Kowloon walled city which is awesome 
Uh, oh, are you familiar yeah. with this? I'm not, I'm not really familiar with, with it. You should tell me so a little more. So they explain it a little bit in the movie, but it's essentially this area that was in Hong Kong, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, it was an area of several blocks, roughly, where essentially there was a British fort there. And through a series of essentially accidentally leaving it out of treaties, it still kind of belonged to the British but they couldn't get to it. So what happened was it just, there became this big building that was totally unregulated and no law applied there. Cool. Yes. And like, so like on the first level of it, on the outside, like it was a bunch of like unregistered businesses. Mm -hmm. And then it was, you got in there, it was like this winding, like very dark maze of like houses and like undercover like or like underground like you know drug dealing all sorts of stuff and like the entire building itself was unregulated so like it was just like power cables going everywhere just whatever so you're saying this is the perfect place for a kumite it was the perfect place for a kumite <laughs> <laughs> although i'm pretty sure there isn't there wasn't a huge uh like fighting ring space in there pretty sure that part's made up you think that yeah, I haven't what looked better, it up, though. What better way to hide a giant fighting ring than inside a walled city? Absolutely true. Uh, so <laughs> so it's a cool location. It is it is very cool. I'll give them that. It it seems very sinister. And they actually filmed it there. Did they really? Kind of cool. I'm pretty sure they did. That's awesome. Or I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they did. Or they filmed, filmed some things there. Like yeah. When they're going through all the hallways and stuff. Yeah. So they do make it to the first round of of fighting after he saves her. He says he does say he's he's gonna take her out to dinner and stuff. And then the, the next day they go to the fight, and you need to give your invitation, which he apparently has. And the, you, <laughs> you need, need to prove your you value need to prove your like it, that you won't die in the ring. And yeah. so the way they do it is they have this stack of bricks, and <laughs> Frank is like, "Tell me which brick to break," and. The guy's like, oh, this one right here on top. And then one of the judges is like, no, the one on the bottom. <laughs> so they do the, the slow motion zoom in on his face a little bit. And he's looking very intense. And he does the karate chop. And it like only breaks the bottom brick. And it like the bottom annihilates brick explodes. it. <laughs> yeah. None of the other bricks are affected above it. And uh, that, that proves to them that he's good to fight. Jackson doesn't have to prove techniques. for some reason. I think they just take his word for it because he's so big. I think they just look at him and they're like, you're not going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty safe assumption, honestly. Yeah. Um, maybe, he's then... fought, maybe he's fought there before. Maybe Jackson's like a five-time Kumite guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's been fighting I mean, there he does he seem 10. to know what's going on. Yeah. And he is older. Yeah. I want to talk about Jackson for a minute because I think he's such a funny character. He's oh, so I do. weird. I do too. Honestly, those two had a better connection than uh, Frank and the reporter lady. But uh, Frank, I thought was great. He is very essential, in my opinion, for softening uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's whole, like, incredibly European thing he's got going. For sure. He is, and, like, masculinizing it a little bit. He has as much charisma as Jean-Claude Van Damme has non-charisma. Yes. And he's pure, like, American, like, masculinity. For sure. Uh, I, I, think I, I do like what you're saying with that he <clears throat> kind of softens his weird, hard yeah. European and, edge. And that, and like, anytime per- Jackson's yeah. like whoa dude that was cool that makes you the audience be like oh that was cool yeah except for the one scene which i think is the perfect version of it which is when the first time you see frank doing the splits oh jackson just like (laughs) pops his head in and is like that hurts for me to even look at (laughs) and he's like don't you want to have kids someday dude you know and he's like i'm like i'm i'm kind of surprised the uh jean-claude van damme went along with being teased in that way because he seems to take himself very seriously but i think he probably took it in stride because he knew that jackson could never do that right right exactly (laughs) like it's it's still impressive yeah he's still like whoa but it's also like i don't know plus jackson also gets lines like that's why they call this thing blood sport kid yes (laughs) and all those are great (laughs) um he's he's just a real 
he's just a real weird dude and the fact yes. that they they had kind of frank's opposite frank being yeah. like this very disciplined uh just like cut dude yeah um and then having like just a big burly guy who yeah. does nothing but drink beer is, is a <laughs> and, cool dynamic to have and jackson is kind of the flip side of jean-claude van damme's humility throughout the movie yes that's true where he where because jackson's a little bit cocky and yeah. it, and spoiler alert kind of ends up being his downfall yeah for sure um i so anyway so no i don't want to talk about that a little bit more because i think that we haven't like gone gotten to the whole love story part but oh yeah you, you mentioned that jackson uh has better chemistry with frank than the, yeah than the girlfriend does absolutely yeah. is it is very funny in that sense that i think the girlfriend or the lady reporter is there just to make jean-claude van damme not seem so homoerotic honestly yes yes it absolutely it's like it's like the purest version of that and i can't remember, what's the term that people have used for that do you remember like a, like a beard <laughs> no um oh 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 it's um uh saying that uh, uh frank dukes has a case of the not gays <laughs> that it's like the ultimate version of that i have not heard that that is amazing <laughs> there's probably another one i think that one's maybe from like a red letter media thing that's maybe. pretty that's there's, pretty funny there's, but that's there's multiple ways is. that people have joked about it because yeah it's absolutely that it didn't need it at all Mm-mm. she doesn't need to be there nothing nope. occurs from her finding out about it not really like no. you know she like I guess she has expository conversations with it's, Frank. It's there to show that he is straight. That's really yeah. it. Yeah, to not make it weird for the uh, stereotypical, you know, viewers of this movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's but so uh, let's get into like the actual. Let's get yes. into the next step of it, which is the Kumite begins. Yes, uh, we have at least one whole day or round of fighting before. Yes we continue with the rest of the story and we're introduced to chung lee yes who is a guy that who is more peck than man yes <laughs> he's like he's like all peck and an eyeball his his <laughs> it basically looks like two giant snakes have like swallowed him up to his his nipples <laughs> uh, and they become arms it's crazy yeah. how big this guy is compared to his yeah. size, his frame he's huge and Actually, he's also uh, you know i mentioned that uh the other jean-claude van damme movie i've seen is hard target he's in hard mm-hmm. target Excellent. and i noticed him because the guy has such huge lips yeah yep. i'm like oh i know that guy it's he's big an otherworldly dude yeah <laughs> yeah he really is otherworldly is a good way to describe it he's and just he, unreal he's looking. so intense like he is constantly like he has his eyes wide open, yep. just like bulging, and he's just like, like hyping the crowd up, getting the crowd to cheer for him is like his big screaming. Thing. Um, I love Chong Lee so much. <laughs> he, um, he, so he's the undefeated champion from the right. one last time, right? And he's the scary big bad guy. Jackson immediately after he wins his first fight, points at Chong Lee and says, I'm going to kill you, man, which is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, Chong Lee is also... One thing I liked about the right before the fight starts when they're like explaining the rules of like whatever mm-hmm. is how they were like panning over the the fighters and like they were all kind of eyeing each other up and it was almost like they were creating little rivalries. Yeah, for sure. Just by how they shot it. And he is clearly set up to be, you know, the guy. Yes. Oh, um, he's, and he's, he's the big bad. And he's also Frank's opposite, or he's presented that way, in terms of basically his lack of honor. Mm-hmm. Um, he does this thing, which I really think is funny, um, where his, op- and this is Chong Lee. Chong Lee will get his opponent in a position where he's like, the opponent is clearly like limp, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're led to believe that he's like that the opponent is like woozy or maybe even unconscious, but Chong Li is kind of holding him up uh, so that the judge doesn't stop the fight, and then Chong Li basically just like open hand like hits him in the head 
in a in in like a and he'll he'll be like looking at Frank, like just eyeballing him, <laughs> or looking at the whoever, and just like hitting this obviously defeated enemy right in the head in a way that we're all supposed to be like, ooh, what a very jerk. brutal. Yes, Frank would never. <laughs> and Frank it's knows very better funny than to do that. And it's very funny to me within the context of like the modern viewers because no judge ever stops him. Like there is a judge. And so Chong Lee's basically just, you know, playing to the whistle, as yep. they say in football. <laughs> so he's fine, pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah, anyway, Chong Lee is, weird. is real intense. and It's um, kind of just in the way that they present him to us. It's not even anything he literally does. It's just he has an evil vibe, and they he, film him in an evil way. He's for sure an evil dude. So so they do have the first round and we we see everyone get all of our main people get to fight. We see mm-hmm. um Jackson get to fight and he just kind of like wins by pure strength. We get to see yeah. Chung Lee fight and Chung Lee fights just because he's very brutal. He just bullies people. Yeah. And we get to see Frank fight and Frank's fighting style is huh? It's yeah, it's, a, his... it's this mix of every possible weird thing you could think of. There are like spinning kicks there mm-hmm. are like weird uh hand movements and like backflips and diving and it's insane it really feels like there's nothing it's there's no style yeah. his first few fights were not very interesting to me no i agree really the whole, the first whole big fighting fight montage kind of boring uh i thought it was funny that the bigger guy won every fight except <laughs> maybe one of frank's yep it literally was just whoever's bigger wins for the entire... F- and it's like a big montage, obviously. This movie is big on montages. They had a lot to get through in 90 minutes. Yeah. Well, and supposedly it's like, uh, I don't know how many fighters, 60, I think. So it's Something it's like a lot that. of it's a lot of guys. It's a long tournament. But they do make it through. And they and they also, I believe, is this the, the one where Frank breaks the record for fastest knockout? Yes, that's this first fight. Uh, Chong Lee knocks his guy out in like uh, 12 seconds or something. And then Frank re-breaks the record or whatever. Yep. Steals his record from him. Which will come up later in the movie. Yes, Chong Lee makes Chong like Lee that. mad. And yeah. so, they, so they get done with the first day of fighting and Frank gets to take the lady reporter. I'm sorry, we don't know the lady reporter's name, but they don't really say it Don't much. remember. Yeah, uh, she's not not interesting it's not our fault they made her so uninteresting she's at least she can act the the thing that is interesting is that she's a much better actor than frank is yeah or than jean-claude van damme is which is such a low bar to clear yeah but uh she just washes the floor with him in every scene just by default oh yeah and so they go out to dinner they end up sleeping together and they don't even cut to them kissing is the funniest part i don't know if they (laughs) even kiss she's just like well we have a lot of night left to do stuff and then then they Mm -hmm. just immediately cut to the bed the next day and yeah she's she's in bed waking up and they cut to jean-claude van damme pulling his underwear on just a very (laughs) gratuitous ass shot yes uh very funny to me the first thing i thought of when i saw it was the 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 typical version of this is the what they call you know the male gaze right yes uh they don't do it at all there's no glamour shots of the lady uh there's only glamour shots of jean-claude van damme and it's not it's not even a a male female thing it's the narcissist's gaze that's absolutely what it is it's jean-claude van damme saying i'm incredibly ripped uh please get the shot of me I would argue that this entire movie is the narcissist gaze. Absolutely, yes. That's really all it is, is just them obsessing over the fact that it's Jean-Claude Van Damme and look how cool he is. He really loves showing himself off. Man, he he must really love himself. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all I got. He must really <laughs> yep. love himself. It's wild. But then, you know, we get past that. Not important the there's two army guys that are tracking him down and one of them is played by forrest whitaker yes in like a very (laughs) early role they tried to give them some of a like a comedic dynamic between the two of them which kind of works i can imagine Um, in a two-hour movie they would have been really flushed out yeah probably more than anyone else uh, how it is now it's kind of just like 
they clearly tried their best to put some intrigue in these guys looking for Jean-Claude Van Damme. But what we get instead is the wackiest chase scene I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) So so they get, they corner Jean-Claude Van Damme in a hotel and they're like, you got to come with us, Dukes. And they have tasers. That's right? right. The tasers. Yeah. And he's just like, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Uh, Jackson, I think, pushes the guys over so Frank can run away. Mm-hmm. Frank does not take advantage of his head start even a little bit. Nope. It is a Looney Tunes-esque chase scene it's... where he routinely turns around to taunt them. He just stops to like turn around and look and like give them a little wave it feels or like, a salute. It feels like Dick Dastardly in Wacky Races. You know how he's yeah. always like way ahead of the pack? And it's like, <laughs> just keep going, man. You could win. Yeah. Just win. <laughs> you were so far ahead. How did you get here? But yep. instead he turns around and likes to set a trap or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and he he leads them onto a pier uh, and, and like runs across a bunch of little boats and like they fall in the water um, and he waves at them from like a... And the, it's shot so weird too. It's shot from like a really long ways away. Yeah. They just knew they couldn't like, get close. Yeah, and so it's like it's like you're watching that a chase scene happen from like a pair of binoculars or something. It's very strange. Uh, it, it removes you from the action entirely, which is fine because the action makes no sense. <laughs> there's no sense of reality when they're like, like there's not like usually in this there'd be like a scene where they're like, oh, you run into a guy who's pulling a cart full of fish or whatever, right? And like, but. You're so removed from it, it's like they're doing a, a joke version of that. We don't have enough anyway, time for that. No, <laughs> we just uh, need to. You, we just need. He just. We just need to know that that he's too fast for them. Yeah, and uh, this if, is almost anyone... almost a. Other than the fight scenes themselves, I think that really tells you everything you need to know about Jean Claude Van Damme. I know, and I know he didn't write this. Yeah, but it's such a perfect vehicle for every type of thing he's in. There is no. It, it's like someone was telling it, like a, ki- a little kid was telling a story about themselves and wanted it, everything to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. and it's or alternately, and I hate to uh, pull the the trump card literally now, but yeah. Um, I want to. I do want to <laughs> make this comparison since this is was rumored to be Trump's favorite movie. It turns out that Citizen Kane is actually his favorite movie. He, so he states, but Bloodsport that, is the one that he no would. Way I believe that. I mean, of course, he relates to a guy who was like a rich well, mogul and is and. But it's it's so slow. It. He would not watch that anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Trump would apparently watch it like on his private jet, and Eric Trump would be responsible. A thirteen-year-old Eric Trump would be responsible for fast-forwarding to the fight parts. Incredible. <laughs> uh, which, actually, and and that's why I want to bring up Trump or like uh, how a child would tell their own story. Um, yeah. Because. For them, like, all the stuff, all the character building stuff is the boring part. Because there's mm-hmm. no depth. They don't want any depth. Like the whole Yeah, thing, they just like, want unlimited victory. The part that's cool is the fighting. Like, yeah. the part that isn't cool isn't, like, him escaping from the army guys or, like, him, like, seducing this beautiful woman or him, nope. like, getting to be friends with this other guy. No. Nope. Or, like, honoring his master. The cool thing for him is to... That's all the stuff you have to, like, check the boxes for in order to get to the cool fights. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly what he does. He, Frank Dukes, literally has to, like, check the hero box. And then when he's done, (laughs) he can go fight, which is all he wants to do anyway. And that's where, where my, I guess, my Trump comparison is in that it's sort of the idea that there is really no depth there. And, um, oh, yeah, so all the... The stuff that like makes us human and interesting is stuff that doesn't interest him. Just the, gloss over it. Yeah, the stuff that's cool is my victories. Everyone wants to hear yeah. about my victories. I think you're also very right in comparing it, in comparing it to a, a little kid. How a little kid would... Or even just somebody having a, a really over-the-top fantasy about themselves. Yes. The thing of him being better than Jackson at video games for no reason, I think uh-huh. is such a great version of it and then yeah this chase scene is that too where it's just like oh yeah it wasn't even hard like i got course, away and of course it, in I my chase scene like, i'm bugs bunny yeah i made them look like fools yeah 
and I got away easily and I didn't even like scuff my shoes or whatever you know like they fell in the river exactly and I rode away in a like little whatever those carts are oh yeah um if anybody wants to picture what we're imagining or what we're describing without having to watch the movie go on YouTube and search for Bloodsport Mentos somebody like a long time ago it's one of my favorite youtube videos ever cut this chase scene to the jingle from the mentos commercials um oh hell yeah and those commercials were always focused on like somebody like getting one over on somebody else yeah. and like having mentos i guess <laughs> wow that sounds aw- like it sounds like a perfect match for it they cut it, it does really feel well. the chase feels like a mentos commercial that's all you it need is. to say yep yep so anyway um, i love it it's yeah, so out of place then I believe the next thing is that we get another day of fighting. Is that right? Um, yes. Because they he, they show up at the fights, and uh, the lady reporter has snuck in undercover as, like, the date of the guy running the fight. Uh, I think it was of a guy who was gambling on the fights. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, he seems he, like, he, he, he like he's kind of... people around a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this is when the fights get serious. Mm-hmm. Like real serious because, yes. uh, and and they're doing like fight like plenty of fights in a row. Like you do multiple fights a day. So eventually, you know, there are other fights. There's this there's this black guy who like jumps around on all fours like a monkey kind of. Yep, weird bit. That's kind of a weird bit. This really reminded me of uh, the game Street Fighter. Yes, where yep. like oh wow, there's a fighter from every nation. They all have like a weird yeah. fighting style. Well, and the we forgot this, but the actual opening scene of the movie is just like going around to different people in different countries who would go on to yes, join the Kumite, totally. talking about how they're excited about the Kumite or whatever, and that's what it seemed like it was gearing up to be. This just like, yeah, this like multicultural, like almost like what fighter. people, almost like how people pitched, um, like the UFC or whatever. Yeah, when it's like we're gonna get. Like, which fighting discipline is actually the best, you know? Like, who would win, a kung fu guy or a boxer, Yeah, right? right. And that's what it felt like it was going to be. And then Frank steamrolls everybody with his totally nondescript made-up thing. I have I have one move from every uh, <laughs> yeah. movement. Yeah. Turns out, being the perfect fighter is better than any of those martial <laughs> arts individually. Exactly. So that's cool. Uh, and speaking of that, this was when the fights actually got good, in my opinion. Yeah. These fights were cool. Because there were some stakes. And we every fight had uh, at least one of the small group of guys who we ha- had come to care about at this point. A, a little bit. Well, not literally all, but pretty close. And then the individual fights were longer. And they featured some stuff that was actually cool, like yes. Chong Lee breaking that guy's leg. That was cool. Yeah, that was good. Um, and then you start to have Jean-Claude Van Damme actually having to focus, or not even to him. Frank Dukes has to focus, and like there are moments where it looks like he has to try hard. Yeah, instead of just like breezing through every fight and yeah. being honorable and boring. Which leads to him having his like super intense finishing move face yes which i love (laughs) like i don't even know how to describe what emotion he's trying to portray but it's just like very intense and like like he's almost like hurting or like impressing himself i think we're supposed to think that it is taking a lot of effort yeah it's just the effort face yes and i think it's good and that's why they didn't cut to any actual part of the sex scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been unwatchable. <laughs> uh, but the last thing that happens in the fight is that Jackson fights Chung Lee. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty sure he's going to beat him. And he's getting real, he's real cocky about it. And, of course, Frank's trying to give him all this advice. Does not mm-hmm. matter. Jackson just goes in and gets stomped. <clears throat> He yep. uh, has a, a very initial good few blows, and then Chung Lee just goes at him and uh, yeah, knocks, and him, sa- knocks him silly. But I, th- I think that's where you get into kind of as close as you can get to any sort of underlying meaning with anything in the movie, which is things such as Jackson getting to an early 
lead kind of and then like starting to like celebrate a bunch Mm -hmm. you know and then it's not directly his downfall but like thematically it's kind of sure doesn't help it doesn't help that he yeah kind of starts celebrating early and 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 it actually gets into the crowd part of it Mm -hmm. whereas frank never does frank um and, and in this series of fights is when Frank sets himself apart from Chong Lee by he fights the really big guy mm-hmm. and he and the really big guy he beats him. I think that's probably one of my favorite fights of the whole thing, probably. And but the the really big guy is like dazed but like still standing, and Frank could just punch this guy in the face, right? The way Chong Lee keeps doing, right? But instead, he very gently pushes him over. Beautiful. Love showing that frank is the better yes what an honorable man <laughs> that's he like is. i i i know it's like such a small thing to put so much focus on but it really is the only thing that could be considered like some kind of character that's being shown yes you're in, grasping for like, meaning in, in a movie action. that has none and i appreciate <laughs> yeah, that i'm getting as close as i can um the other thing and i just gotta say again i love how chong lee his main thing as a villain is that he hits his enemies one more time when it looks like they're done. And he yes. seems to like it too much. Yes. That's it. That's the difference between him and Frank. They both really want to win. They were both fighting all out because it's a no-holds-barred tournament. Whatever. He just hits him one more time. That's right. That is and good. And he loves it. That's I his like favorite that. part of the fight, clearly. <laughs> um. So Jackson is like injured really, really bad mm-hmm. and gets sent to the hospital. Frank is distraught. Because this is his actual guy he's in love with. Yep. And the girl who he's known, well, I guess for the same amount of time as he's known Jackson. Yeah. But the girl, uh, reporter, doesn't want him to keep fighting. It's too dangerous. She came looking for like a underground martial arts tournament and she gets really queasy really fast about it. I don't know what she thought was going to happen. Guys getting hit in the head is probably my first guess. It's Kumite. It's going to be brutal. That's just right? how it is. So we can skip forward. Past this, there's not much story left. The army guys try and get him one more time, and uh, he deflects their tasers with a <laughs> trash with can a trash lid. can lid in a very <laughs> funny scene. Yep. And then they just decide to let him fight. Okay, cool. Yeah, I guess he just slips past them. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. And so they have the final fight, and the final fight is Chong Lee versus Frank Dukes. Yep. And uh, it's real brutal. It goes on for a long time. And this is where Chong Li actually cheats. Yes, Chong Li throws something in his eyes, and so he's blind for a little while. But his training comes through in the end. He he did a lot of blindfold training with his master. So he, he actually protects the ref for a hot minute. Yep, yep, that was great. Uh, this ref get, was really over his head, by the way. You get this absolutely insane slow motion scream. Yeah, where he's kind of blind. they love slow motion in they this love movie, it. and. He does eventually beat Chung Lee and becomes the champion. Yes. And it's also a pretty cool fight. Yeah. Relatively. Once you can, if you can mentally get past the childishness of like, they needed to cheat to try to beat me and I still won. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. Like if you can take it in as a purely physical thing, it's cool. Um, yeah. But apart from that. It's, the it's... one thing, two things I noticed is that, uh, and they're kind of, combined is like i i thought it was kind of slow compared to some other like f- stuff i had seen and maybe that's due to the age of the movie sure but then i was reading a piece of trivia that a couple guys actually had to slow down their kicks to make uh jean-claude van damme look better and that <laughs> really was like oh okay mm. i see what's going on here yeah real bummer jean-claude van damme i would not be shocked if he was more of an acrobat than an actual fighter it kind of seems like it with the splits thing because making it cinematic is a skill in itself for sure doesn't necessarily mean that he's actually good at fighting i don't know his life maybe he's the best so now that we've kind of talked about the story of frank dukes and and how childish it seems to be yes you want to tell me a little bit about the actual frank dukes let's talk about the real frank dukes it's awesome okay um i will bring back one thing in the movie to kind of focus what ha- what's going on here yeah please um i think it's hilarious that the entire romantic subplot is this woman 
trying to pull the story of the Kumite out of Frank, mm-hmm. right? Because in real life, the real life Frank Dukes could not shut up about the Kumite. <laughs> um, he he claims so the closing shot of the movie is like a still of Frank Dukes receiving this victory sword and some stills that are like about how this is all based on the real stories of Frank Dukes and about how he has all these world records, all these like Kumite world records. He won like 250 fights and zero losses or something. Um, so yeah, like 56 uh, knockouts in a row or some crazy thing like that. Yeah. Like in one tournament. Um, so yeah, the real life Frank Dukes, absolutely could not shut up about this supposedly secret thing which kind of makes ruins the whole honor concept (laughs) in the movie um so i'll back up to uh the screenwriter sheldon ledich is his name okay he uh fought in vietnam um later went on to become like a screenwriter and he had a couple early uh scripts that he wrote one of them was based on his experiences in vietnam and that script ended up getting Sylvester Stallone's attention. And so Makes sense. Uh, S- Sylvester Stallone would go on eventually to work with this guy on Rambo 3. Got it. But before any of that, his agent was like, hey, your screenplay is pretty good. Could you work with this guy, Frank Dukes, on his Vietnam screenplay? Perfect. This guy, he's got a lot of stories, and he's—I guess—he's not a writer, but you know, he wants to make one. So this is how uh, uh, Sheldon Ledich met Frank Dukes, mm-hmm. and within the process of developing this Vietnam um, screenplay, Frank Dukes would talk a lot about other parts of his life, which included the Kumite, and um, basically, like a producer came to Sheldon Ledich and was like, "Hey, uh, I think." martial arts movies are due for a comeback do you have could you come up with one and and he was like oh hold on i actually heard a lot of stories from this guy that i thought would make for a pretty good movie and so yeah so like a lot of the uh the screenplay is all based on this frank dukes's life but he wasn't a writer he was just like paid for his story to be used and the stories that frank dukes has are are completely ridiculous so first of all he didn't go to vietnam he was oh, in the right. Marines. He was like a reserve, right? Yeah, or he, he joined like right when the war was ending, basically. So he claims that the military sent him to Southeast Asia on secret missions. He also claims that the CIA tried to recruit him. <laughs> and, he, of course, he has a lot of big claims about the Kumite. Of course. Such as that he won it in 1965, I think. Or 1975? 1975, I, I think. He claims I, to have won I did Kumite. see a little bit of the timeline of him. Yeah, he claims to have won it in the Bahamas. Awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, he that he got all these world records. And that he was the first Westerner to ever win. Of and course. that he was the first person who was allowed to tell people about it. <laughs> Which is very convenient for him. Wow, how perfect. Yeah. Um, so he had some people. When you win, they for... give you one wish, and he yeah. wished that he could tell everybody about his win. Yeah, and they were like, "Ah, you tricked us." So the 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 details of the stories that he would tell, I could go on forever, but I I narrowed it down to some of the best stuff. He he has he has had two different guys who he used as like his backup for these accounts. Okay, one of them was a guy who was like an American who had like a wrestling background who said that he also fought in the Kumite with Frank, who I think is roughly who Jackson kind of would Jackson. be based on. Okay. Yeah. He's like this Midwestern American guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he later said when people found out that the details that he presented at the time, like very obviously weren't true, like where he went to high school and like that he was a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was like, yeah, Frank told me to say all that. None awesome. Of Love it. And then there's one other person who he asked to back up some of his other claims who also later said, yeah, Frank told me to say all that. The degree to which Frank's claims have been debunked is unheard of to me. <laughs> like, I think his, I think partially because of Bloodsport and also because he was part of um, a fairly large contingent of people who claimed 
to have served in Vietnam who didn't, or who claimed certain parts about their experience in Vietnam that turned out not to be true. Right, because didn't um, he didn't he get um didn't like a military magazine specifically do like a huge digging like, about his well, military history in a, well, or and a lack that's what, of and that's what's crazy is that it seems like everybody has taken a turn piling in on this guy, like military magazines, uh, martial arts magazines, uh, like the guy who basically invented the term stolen valor in his book <laughs> stolen valor like Amazing. there's a big there's a frank duke section in there and it's wow. like uh robert gates uh, the former head of the cia came out and said yeah frank dukes has never worked for us we never tried to recruit him like and but if you were the head of the cia would you claim would you claim that <laughs> well that's what's crazy is that usually for like weird cranks Everyone just avoids them and just yeah. like, doesn't talk about it. But everybody, like, I, I guess because of the movie and because people believed him. He felt like he had to get in on it. Everybody had to just lay in on him. So anyway, I, it's just very funny to me. So uh, let's see. Okay, so he, he claimed that his teacher was Senzo Tiger Tanaka. Oh, yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> this person has never been found to have existed anywhere. Cool. Um, cool. So here's this great quote. When L.A. Times journalist uh, Something Johnson pointed out that Dukes' teacher has the same name as a ninja commander from Ian Fleming's James Bond novel, You Only Live Twice, yes. Duke, Dukes responded by saying that Fleming, quote, used to base his characters on real people. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's This guy's a pro liar. Uh, ultimately, He's so good. There's... A, you know, I said that thing about Trump before, but no wonder he, yeah. he they have the same vibes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, dude. Same They're, level of like never backing down. The insane confidence of yep. of lying about something that clearly it, it, it basically impossible to happen, and then just you just saying prove it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he All can't right. even get You're close. right. I can't. He, you're right. I wasn't there. I guess I can't and, prove it. And he doesn't even like set up his claims in any way really like he'll sometimes recruit a friend mm-hmm. but that's like the closest he ever gets like he doesn't even try to create lies which are believable yeah well i it's I impressive like, i like to think that his early stuff is like when uh trump would call in as his own agent or whatever yeah oh yeah it's on that level like yeah. you gotta have oh, so you, so you gotta you gotta at least try a little bit yeah but i think that, that you don't well and i think they basically both of them came around that at around the same time was when they were starting to make a lot of wild claims, right? During mm-hmm. the 80s. Yeah, totally. And I think they both kind of either either they could sense that the level of like journalistic integrity was just getting lower and lower all the time. Yeah. Or there's just guys like this all the time and these guys just happen to come up at that time, which is yeah. probably it. So, yeah, he claims to have been sent on secret missions by the Marines and the CIA. There's no evidence of any of it. He says that the military changed his records later to discredit him. Doesn't say why they would want to do that. Amazing. Um, and then here's the real here's the real good stuff. I'm ready. Um, Lay it on me. So, you know how in the end of the movie he wins a sword? Yeah. So, he says that actually happened. Um, but he doesn't have the sword anymore. Of course. Why would he? Because he had to sell it to raise money because him and a bunch of other guys like him, I guess, I don't know, maybe former Marines or former spies or just got good guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sold the sword to raise money for their attempt to free a bunch of orphans that had been stolen by pirates. <laughs> <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> he said they basically needed to like, like, I don't know. I guess the government wasn't gonna. So they had to come up with their own funds for the mission. Okay. <laughs> and the children had been stolen by pirates and he needed to go rescue them. <laughs> Rock on, man. <laughs> what an awesome guy. And then my favorite, which is that he claims he stopped a plot to assassinate Steven Seagal. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wow, that it, couldn't be more perfect. By essentially, right there. they essentially they offered him somebody offered him twenty five thousand dollars to kill Steven Seagal, uh, and he and he didn't take it. 
and somewhere in there i guess he so stopped. that so that counts as saving man yeah it's like... yeah uh, yeah he didn't take the job and steven seagal is still alive so you know count <laughs> that see, up if, as a win if, for frank dukes if i had accepted steven yeah. seagal would absolutely be dead because i'm the perfect assassin yeah therefore yeah. Every yeah, every time someone asks me to to do something and I don't do it, you can just assume it would have happened. That's right, because I'm that good. Exactly. <laughs> that, counts as me, that counts as me do. preventing it from happening. Did we learn any sort of lesson from this movie in Frank's uh, insane braggadocio? Like, um, what is what is there to take from this? Did you? I guess here's here, two things. One, this invented both Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat cool i guess we i would think that. so yep yep i Apparently think johnny a, yeah. johnny cage is based on fr- the frank duke's character from bloodsport awesome yeah Makes here's sense. my here's my takeaway from this it's kind of crazy that like okay imagine frank dukes right he's making up this crazy story i'm imagining now imagine that he's just pitching it as a script yeah it's apparently good like yeah. All all the parts that Frank Dukes brought to the table, like this this underground fight to the death, that's all the good parts. Like yeah, that's the parts right. that got made into Street Fighter and like whatever else. Mm-hmm. And like that's the parts that now if I was gonna watch this movie again, I probably would also fast forward to the fight parts. <laughs> or like you know what I mean? Like if I was gonna cut out parts of the movie, it would be parts that like presumably the screenwriter felt like he needed to put it in there to like That's make true. a Hollywood movie. If I could cut out one part, it would be the the FBI army guys, whatever they are. Oh yeah, Useless. yeah, they don't add much. Don't don't need it. Keep the <laughs> no, you don't. keep the keep the lady in because it's fun to have a pretty lady like watching from the sidelines and yeah. getting sick when somebody breaks yeah. their leg and, and and like asking him to quit. Yeah, and All keep that. keep Jackson in there because he needs a reason to yeah. get revenge on Chung Lee. Yeah. That's it. So, that's all you need. Yeah. That's 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 what I my takeaway. This could have been a sixty is, minute movie. <laughs> yeah. My takeaway. Yeah. My takeaway is that this movie is a kind of a cool Frank Duke story that was ruined by uh screenwriting <laughs> and by people who like thought it was real. <laughs> I you just know? can't I just can't watch this movie without thinking of what movies were coming out of Hong Kong at the same time? Yeah, like that's this true. was this was like the era of like really good Jackie Chan. Yeah, and, and really good uh, John Woo. Not only 80s. yes, exactly. Who would Hard-boiled. go on to work with him? Hardboiled's great. Way yeah. better. Well, that's and that's where, that's what Hard Target is. It's a John Woo movie yeah. that's done with. It, that's why it's movie, infinitely better. This movie's in Hong Kong. Just to tease us. Yeah. You could. What would be really funny is if uh, you inserted a shot during the chase of like Jackie Chan like running the other direction. <laughs> I absolutely infinitely about, more interesting uh, yeah. chases actually happening there. I thought about Jackie Chan during that scene because it's like what Jackie Chan would be doing in that scene would be like getting trapped and having to like like finding himself in points of weakness and having yeah. to like scrounge his way out by like fighting with broomsticks or whatever yes exactly and, and this movie goes in the complete opposite direction when nothing is ever hard for frank dukes unless someone's cheating okay actually that that leads to my final theory on this mm-hmm. frank dukes is the anti jackie chan yeah and i think also john claude van damme is the anti jackie chan mm-hmm. because uh jackie chan is funny he has yep. charisma Yep. He is fast, uh, yep. and things look like they actually hurt. Well, and uh, his the humor comes from his the like the humility that he displays. Yes, and you know the fact I mean? that that it, when something looks like it hurts, we know it's more brutal. Versus yeah. and, versus and he, in, he has like a big overreaction where he'll be like ooh exa- and like shake yeah. his hand, you know. Whereas like, Jean Claude Van Damme uh, is not charismatic in the slightest. Yep, is not funny. Even when he no. tries to be funny, he's not funny. Uh, at least not on purpose. No, absolutely not. And he's he's not a. He, I don't think he's an especially good fighter. I think he can just kick really high and do the splits. Probably. He didn't. Shock he, his move. His moves are slow. And on top of all that, like none of it. It's all very sterile. Like it doesn't seem like he's ever really struggling until like the last fight. Yeah, and that's clearly 
when it gets good and it's like less than half the fights yeah yeah i think i think um it's kind of ties in with the narcissist gaze thing where it's like i think jean-claude van damme at least as presented in this movie or at this stage of his career Mm -hmm. is just too proud to like Uh yeah create a compelling character because like you can't have like a an action movie character that's this clearly invincible and have them be as likable as a jackie chan character yeah exactly he was doomed from the beginning and that's how it is and that's okay yeah uh we got what we got and now we have (laughs) street fighter and that's fun and that's all totally worth it and he's in street fighter oh yeah wow plays he plays guile right yeah you're right it came full circle i didn't even think of that i think that's as close as we're gonna get to like an explicit although i mean the video game is clearly unrelated but like you know just that like this is clearly the genesis of this he closed the loop and that's all we needed yep perfect should we do should we do the street fighter movie someday oh do we have to? I know. I'm just asking. <laughs> I bet it's really bad. 